section fifty of the cloister and the hearth this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the cloister and the hearth by charles reed chapter forty seven donia took an opportunity next day and told mother and daughter the rest excusing himself characteristically for not letting cornelis and cybrant hear of it it is not for me to blacken them they come of a good stock but gerard looks on them as no friends of his in this matter and i'm gerard's comrade and it is a rule with us soldiers not to tell the enemy aught but lies catherine sighed but made no answer the adventures he related cost them a tumult of agitation and grief and sore they wept at the parting of the friends which even now donia could not tell without faltering but at last all merged in the joyful hope and expectation of gerard's speedy return in this donia confidently shared but reminded them that was no reason why he should neglect his friend's wishes and last words in fact should gerard return next week and no margaret to be found what sort of figure should he cut catherine had never felt so kindly towards the truant margaret as now and she was fully as anxious to find her and be kind to her before gerard's return as donia was but she could not agree with him that anything was to be gained by leaving this neighbourhood to search for her she must have told somebody whither she was going it is not as though they were dishonest folk flying the country they owe not a stiver in southern bergen and dear heart donia you can't hunt all holland for her can i not said donia grimly that we shall see he added after some reflection that they must divide their forces she stay here with eyes and ears wide open and he ransack every town in holland for her if need be but she will not be many leagues from here they be three three fly not so fast nor far as one that is sense said catherine but she insisted on his going first to the demoiselle van eyck she and our margaret were bosom friends she knows where the girl is gone if she will but tell us donia was for going to her that instant so catherine in a turn of the hand made herself one shade neater and took him with her she was received graciously by the old lady sitting in a richly furnished room and opened her business the tapestry dropped out of margaret van eyck's hands gone gone from sevenbergen and not told me the thankless girl this turn greatly surprised the visitors what you know not when was she here last maybe ten days agone i had taken out my brushes after so many years to paint her portrait i did not do it though for reasons catherine remarked it was a most strange thing she should go away bag and baggage like this without with your leave or by your leave or why or wherefore was ever aught so untoward just when all our hearts are warm to her and here is gerard's mate come from the ends of the earth with comfort for her from gerard and can't find her and gerard himself expected what to do i know not but sure she is not parted like this without a reason can ye not give us the clue my good demoiselle prithee now i have it not to give said the elder lady rather peevishly then i can said right haines showing herself in the doorway with colour somewhat heightened so you have been hearkening all the time eh what are my ears for mistress true well throw us the light of thy wisdom on this dark matter there is no darkness that i see said right 
and the clue why an ye cult a two ply twine and the ends on't in this room e'en now ye'll not be far out o oh, mistress i wonder at you sitting there pretending mary come up and the mistress's cheek was now nearly as red as the servant's so twas i drove the foolish girl away you did your share mistress what sort of greeting gave you her last time she came think you she could miss to notice it and she all friendless and you said i've altered my mind about painting of you says you a turning up your nose at her i did not turn up my nose it is not shaped like yours for looking heavenward oh all our nosing can follow our hearties bent for that matter poor soul she did come into the kitchen to me i'm not to be painted now said she and the tears in her eyes she said no more but i knew well what she did mean i had seen ye well said margaret van eyck i do confess so much and i make you the judge madam know that these young girls can do nothing of their own heads but are most apt at mimicking aught their sweethearts do now your gerard is reasonably handy at many things and among the rest at the illuminator's craft and margaret she is his pupil and a patient one what marvel having a woman's eye for colour and eke a lover to ape tis a trick i despise at heart for by it the great art of colour which should be royal aspiring and free becomes a poor slave to the petty crafts of writing and printing and is fettered imprisoned and made little body and soul to match the littleness of books and go to church in a rich fool's pocket natheless affection rules us all and when the poor wench would bring me her thorn-leaves and lilies and ivy and dewberries and lady-birds and butterfly-grubs and all the scum of nature stuck fast in gold-leaf like wasps in a honey-pot and with all her diurnal book showing she had poured an hundred or an hundred and fifty or two hundred hours over each singular page certes i was wroth that an immortal soul and many hours of labour and much manual skill should be flung away on nature's trash leaves insects grubs and on barren letters but having bowels i did perforce restrain and as it were damn my better feelings and look kindly at the work to see how it might be bettered and said i sith heaven for our sins hath doomed us to spend time and soul and colour on great letters and little beetles omitting such small fry as saints and heroes their acts and passions why not present the scum naturally i told her the grapes i saw walking abroad did hang in the air not stick in a wall and even these insects quo i and nature her slime in general pass not their noxious lives wedged miserably in metal prisons like flies in honey-pots and glue-pots but do crawl or hover at large infesting air ah my dear friend says she i see now whither you drive but this ground is gold whereon we may not shade who said so quoth i all teachers of this craft says she and to make an end of me at once i trow gerard himself that for gerard himself quoth i and all the gang gee me a brush then chose i to shade her fruit and reptiles a colour false in nature but true relatively to that monstrous ground of glaring gold in a five minutes out came a bunch of raspberries stalk and all and a most flew in your mouth likewise a butterfly grub she had so truly presented as might turn the stoutest stomach my lady she flings her arms round my neck and says she oh did she now the little love observed donya succeeding at last in wedging in a word margaret van eyck stared at him and then smiled she went on to tell them how from step to step she had been led on to promise to resume the art she had laid aside with a sigh when her brothers died and to paint the madonna once more with margaret for model incidentally she even revealed how girls are turned into saints thy hair is adorable said i 
why tis red quoth she ay quoth i but what a red how brown and how glossy most hair is not worth a straw to us painters thine the artist's fairy hue but thy violet eyes which smack of earth being now languid for lack of one gerard now full of fire and hopes of the same gerard these will i lift to heaven in fixed and holy meditation and thy nose which doth already somewhat aspire that way though not so piously as writes will i debase a trifle and somewhat enfeeble thy chin enfeeble her chin alack what may that mean ye go beyond me mistress tis a resolute chin not a jot too resolute for this wicked world but when ye come to a madonna no thank you will i never a resolute chin donna the darling and now comes the rub when you told me she was the way she is it gave me a shock i dropped my brushes was i going to turn a girl that couldn't keep her lover at a distance into the virgin mary at my time of life i love the poor ninny still but i adore our blessed lady say you a painter must not be peevish in such matters well most painters are men and men are fine fellows they can do aught their saints and virgins are neither more nor less than their lamans saving your presence but know that for this very reason half their craft is lost on me which find beneath their angels white wings the very trollops i have seen flaunting it on the streets bejewelled like paynim idols and put on like the queens in a pack of cards and i am not a fine fellow but only a woman and my painting is but one half craft and t'other half devotion so now you may read me twas foolish maybe but i could not help it yet am i sorry and the old lady ended despondently a discourse which she had commenced in a mighty defiant tone well you know dame observed catherine you must think it would go to the poor girl's heart and she so fond of ye margaret van eyck only sighed the frisian girl after biting her lips impatiently a little while turned upon catherine why dame think you twas for that alone margaret and peter hath left seven bergen nay for what else then what else why because gerard's people slight her so cruel who would bide among hard-hearted folk that have driven her lad to italy and now he is gone relent not but face it out and ne'er come anigh her that is left right i was going oh i going and going and going ye should ha said less or else done more but with your words you did uplift her heart and let it down with your deeds they have never been said the poor thing to me with such a sigh i hear is one can feel for her for i too am far from my friends and often when first i came to holland i did used to take a hearty cry all to myself but ten times lever would i be right to haines with naught but the leagues atween me and all my kith than be as she is in the midst of them that ought to warm to her and yet to fare as lonesome as i alack right i did go but yestreen and had gone before but one plaguey thing or t'other did still come and hinder me mistress did aught hinder ye to eat your dinner any one of those days i trow not and had your heart been as good towards your own flesh and blood as twas towards your flesher's meat naught had prevailed to keep you from her that sat lonely a-watching the road for you in comfort with your child's child a-beating neath her bosom here this rude young woman was interrupted by an incident not uncommon in a domestic's bright existence the van eyck had been nettled by the attack on her but with due tact had gone into ambush she now sprang out of it since you disrespect my guests seek another place with all my heart said right stoutly nay mistress put in the good-natured catherine true folk will still speak out her tongue is a stinger here the water came into the speaker's eyes by way of confirmation but better she said it than thought it so now 
twon't rankle in her and part with her for me that shall ye not beshrew the wench she wots she is a good servant and takes advantage we poor wretches which keep house must still pay em tax for value i had a good servant once when i was a young woman a dear how she did grind me down into the dust in the end by heaven's mercy she married the baker and i was my own woman again so said i no more good servants shall come hither a hectoring of me i just get a fool and learner and whenever she knoweth her right hand from her left she sauceth me then out i bundle her neck and crop and take another dunce in her place dear heart tis wearisome teaching a string of fools by ones but there i am mistress here she forgot that she was defending right and turning rather spitefully upon her added and you be mistress here i trow no more than that stool said the van eyck loftily she is neither mistress nor servant but gone she has dismissed the house and there's an end of her what did ye not hear me turn the saucy baggage off ay ay we all heard ye said wright with vast indifference then hear me said Donya solemnly they all went round like things on wheels and fastened their eyes on him ay let us hear what the man says urged the hostess men are fine fellows with their great hoarse voices mistress wright said Donya with great dignity and ceremony indeed so great as to verge on the absurd you are turned off it is on a slight acquaintance i might advise i'd say since you are a servant no more be a mistress a queen easier said than done replied wright bluntly not a jot you see here one who is a man though but half an arbelstrier owing to that devilish englishman's arrow in whose carcass i have however left a like token which is a comfort i have twenty gold pieces he showed them and a stout arm in another week or so i shall have twain marriage is not a habit of mine but i capitulate to so many virtues you are beautiful good-hearted and outspoken and above all you take the part of my she-comrade be then an arbelestrias and what the dickens is that inquired wright i mean be the wife mistress and queen of Donya of burgundy here present a dead silence fell on all it did not last long though and was followed by a burst of unreasonable indignation catherine well did you ever margaret never in all my born days catherine before our very faces margaret of all the absurdity and insolence of this ridiculous sex then Donya observed somewhat dryly that the female to whom he had addressed himself was mute and the others on whose eloquence there was no immediate demand were fluent on this the voices stopped and the eyes turned pivot-like upon right she took a sly glance from under her lashes at her military assailant and said i mean to take a good look at any man ere i leap into his arms Donya drew himself up majestically then look your fill and leap away this proposal led to a new and most unexpected result a long white finger was extended by the van eyck in a line with the speaker's eye and an agitated voice bade him stand in the name of all the saints you are beautiful so cried she you are inspired with folly what matters that you are inspired i must take off your head and in a moment she was at work with her pencil come out hussy she screamed to right more in front of him and keep the fool inspired and beautiful oh why had i not this maniac for my good centurion they went and brought me a brute with a low forehead and a shapeless beard catherine stood and looked with utter amazement at this pantomime and secretly resolved that her venerable hostess had been a disguised lunatic all this time and was now busy throwing off the mask as for right she was unhappy and cross she had left her cauldron in a precarious state and made no scruple to say so and that duty so grave as hers left her no time to waste to playing the statee and the fool all at one time 
her mistress in reply reminded her that it was possible to be rude and rebellious to one's poor old affectionate desolate mistress without being utterly heartless and savage and a trampler on arts on this right stopped and pouted and looked like a little basilisk at the inspired model who caused her woe he retorted with unshaken admiration the situation was at last dissolved by the artist's wrist becoming cramped from disuse this was not however until she had made a rough but noble sketch i can work no more at present she said sorrowfully then now mistress i may go and mind my pot ay ay go to your pot and get into it do you will find your soul in it so then you will all be together well but right said catherine laughing she turned you off boo 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 said right contemptuously when she wants to get rid of me let her turn herself off and die i am sure she is old enough for it but take your time mistress if you are in no hurry no more am i when that day doth come twill take a man to dry my eyes and if you should be in the same mind then soldier you can say so and if you are not why twill be all one to right tains and the plain speaker went her way but her words did not fall to the ground neither of her female hearers could disguise from herself that this blunt girl solitary herself had probably read margaret brant aright and that she had gone away from seven bergen broken-hearted catherine and donya bade the donaik adieu and that same afternoon donya set out on a wild goose chase his plan like all great things was simple he should go to a hundred towns and villages and ask in each after an old physician with a fair daughter and an old long-bow soldier he should inquire of the burgomasters about all newcomers and should go to the fountains and watch the women and girls as they came with their pitchers for water and away he went and was months and months on the tramp and could not find her happily this chivalrous feat of friendship was in some degree its own reward those who sit at home blindfolded by self-conceit and think camel or man out of the depths of their inner consciousness alias their ignorance will tell you that in the intervals of war and danger peace and tranquil life acquire their true value and satisfy the heroic mind but those who look before they babble or scribble will see and say that men who risk their lives habitually thirst for exciting pleasures between the acts of danger are not for innocent tranquillity to this donia was no exception his whole military life had been half sparta half capua and he was too good a soldier and too good a libertine to have ever mixed either habit with the other but now for the first time he found himself mixed at peace and yet on duty for he took this latter view of his wild goose chase luckily so all these months he was a demi-spartan sober prudent vigilant indomitable and happy though constantly disappointed as might have been expected he flirted gigantically on the road but wasted no time about it nor in these his wanderings did he tell a single female that marriage was not one of his habits etc and so we leave him on the tramp pilgrim of friendship as his poor comrade was of love End of section 50